Hallelujah. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Um, the topic this morning, numbering a right. Numbering a right. And this time, I love all of us to read together from the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, chapter 90, from verse 11 to 12. We all read together this time. Are you there? Are we all there now? We read all the different versions together. Now, after the count of two, one, two, go. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Amen. Now, the, most, uh, one of the times we need to explain the word there is wisdom. The word wisdom is, um, according to, we all know that the definition of wisdom is right application of knowledge. You have knowledge, you apply it rightly. But I've discovered the best definition in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 to 11. Let's let us turn our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 9, verses 10 to 11. And I read, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. So if you are to define wisdom, in short, we define wisdom as the fear of the Lord. And I said, if somebody doesn't have the fear of God, it means he is not wise. So anybody that says it's not God is a fool. One preacher once said, he said, as he travels across the globe, he, he, he meets educated fools. They call themselves professors. They call themselves rich people. But yet, So, it means if somebody does not have wisdom, it is not possible to live out your life rightly. Teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. 
What does it mean to number? To number here is more than mere counting. It is to live out. It is to exhaust. To live out, to exhaust. Also, the numbering is not anyhow but a right. The right there implies there is a way to live wrongly. There is a way to live wrongly. Of course, as those people that don't know God, they are already living wrongly. No matter what they have done. See, somebody, something um, baffled me as I was meditating on this um, scriptures. See, what, I mean, to make an impact in this world, what does it really mean to make an impact? An eternal impact. I discovered many people have made impacts, but their impact is not eternal. And they stand to lose out. You know what I mean? Think about innovators. Think about people that, 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 you know, had great ideas and they are able to innovate many things and were enjoying today. I want to ask you, if those people don't have Jesus, would that reward them in heaven? Would they have eternal reward? Will their work be recognized in heaven? I've come to discover also that there are ways of living wrongly. You will, you will only have praise of men. Your only, your only reward will be on this side of life. Yes, people are rejoicing today that this man has innovated this uh, aircraft, uh, lights, all that. But excuse me, if these people did, didn't encounter Christ, they didn't receive Jesus, I want to ask you, what recommendation will they have before God? They can only receive earthly blessing. They can only applaud them here on, the, on this side of life. But in heaven, they are doomed. They cannot even, the Lord will not even mention that. Because it's not an eternal impact. But here we are. We know Jesus. Every little we do for Jesus will be recognized in heaven. I thought you were clapping. Hallelujah. So imagine somebody that Maybe, um, if you have been obeying every instruction the Lord has been giving you, or the Lord tells you to go to a place and you don't question, or He tells you to give something and you never question, and He tells you to go left or go right, just imagine how your life will look like. So glorious. You will live a life 
of victory, a life of impact. Beginning from today, you will not live wrongly. You will not spend your life wrongly in the name of Jesus. It implies in, in, in a simplified form, Psalm 19 verse 12 is saying, teach us how to live out our days aright or satisfactorily. And I said, in this life, it is not how long you live, but it is how well. I tell you, you can change your mind from today, you will live well. And you will not stand before the Lord to regret. How many years did Jesus spend doing the work of his father? Hallelujah. How many years? Is it not just three years? Did he do it well? I said, did he do it well? The grace to do well. To finish well. To live well. The Lord will release to us today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why must we, why must you number your days aright? Why? Number one, you are only one and therefore unique. You are the only one of your kind in this vast universe. In fact, there can't be another psalm. There can't be another psalm. Call your name. You can, somebody can only resemble you. Even if you are identical twins, eh? They said you are fingerprints are what? It means there can never be another you. So you have a special assignment. So, you are the only one. You are the only one of your kind in this vast universe. You are very special and uncommon. You have no duplicates. Only one, therefore expensive, regardless of your color, race, or sex. No one else is like you. I said the same God that created our brain created the one of the white man. True or false? Oh, may the Lord help us. What any other person in the world can achieve, the Lord can as well empower you to achieve. In the name of Jesus. That is why the Lord is demonstrating it to us. We thank God that today Africa is leading spiritually. If you go out there to countries, you discover some of this, most especially the West Africa I've taught, I've discovered most of those countries, the biggest churches will be Oh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Nigeria. Thank God for Nigeria. 
<laughs> Let's clap our hands for Nigeria. Because even in Africa, Nigeria is leading. Praise the Lord. We thank God. Amen. So, you are unique. Despite your race, sex, or color. Therefore, you are too expensive than to live anyhow. Very expensive things are well cherished and used with great care. So, don't sell yourself cheap to the devil. You are not food for the devil. You are not his friend. You can't be compared with the devil. The devil is supposed to be under your feet. Because the Lord created you specially to dominate. To rule. And to subdue. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. Chapter 10 verse 19. He said, Behold, I give unto you what? Power. To trample on over. Hallelujah. So, the devil has no I mean, it's priority over you. So why should you sell yourself to the devil? Why should you allow the devil? Why should the devil tell you to go and sell your body for money? And you simply obey. In fact, I discovered the reason for what is enticing people into sin, majorly. Is not our appetite? Huh? Hallelujah. Luxury. So, you are special. And you've been given a special assignment to a special person on assignment here on earth. Tell your neighbor you are a special person on assignment on earth. Hallelujah. Number two, where must we number our days aright? You, you can be here only once. You can be here only once. That is why I told you those people that are praying in hell to come back. God did not plan for anybody to be here twice. The people say, uh, you can be born in Nigeria and surface again. After you die, you surface in uh, Asia. And live as, as a Chinese. Don't allow the devil to deceive you. The, the, the word of God has the final say. You can be here only once. That's the reason why you need to number your days aright. You do not have a second chance to live. Once you live here, you can never be seen down here again. You are on a one-way traffic road. Yesterday is gone and gone forever. Yesterday is gone and gone forever. Whatever you failed to do yesterday, you can never do again yesterday because there will never come again another yesterday. 
all you can do in life, you can do only now. Your being here now among the living is a privilege which must not be misused. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number three. Why must you number your days aright? Your time here is short. Your time here is short. You do not have an unlimited years to spend on earth. God never planned that you'll be here forever. Your time here is short. If I some of you that say you want to live 120 years, it will even be boring. And maybe God has not given the glimpse of heaven. You know what Paul said? Paul said, look, I am between two opinions, Seth. Whether to go or to stay. But I say, ha, look, I even, it is better I should go, Seth. Left for me. But if I leave, it is because of your benefits. Can somebody say, look, you are, you are living, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are dead to go into heaven now. Does not profit anybody. I don't think you understand what. I say you are dead. You say, hey, let me eat heaven now. Let me eat heaven. Will not profit anybody. But you are living. That's what Paul said. He said, I want to live so that I will impact more lives. And I said the same. I said, I said the same. Because the salt you have not won, the souls you have not won, once you leave, you cannot win them again. Somebody said, when, I have somebody, I have a testimony, was say, a rich man died. And, his money in the bank, when he went to heaven, he said, well, I now want to support the gospel. I've now discovered <laughs> that that money should not be there. I want to tell you, even if they use that money to reach out, the blessing will not accrue to your account again. Because this opportunity, I, you know, I don't know, because some people don't really know this opportunity God has given to you. Even sometimes I see people. I was in the ferry when we were coming back, you know, with my people. I were crossing from Freetown to the airport. And I, I was in the ferry. And then we saw one um, Rasta. He was, he was singing. I mean, he, he's a cripple. He's, but it's the way he does the thing. Ah, he, he was singing. He was singing. On his crutches. And everybody, you know, look at this man, a cripple. But look at the talent is displayed. So people began giving him money, you know, money, money, money. Something just came to mind that this man, if he knows Jesus, he would do better now. So when he came 
to our side to collect money. Even though <laughs> after the whole thing, our sister still gave, gave him something. But I asked him, are you a Christian? Do you go to church? Are you born again? Do you know if he, if you know Jesus, you will do better for him? And I said, let's pray. And I saw that the man was expecting something different than prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your time is short. Let's convert, because that scripture says, teach us to number our days so that we will do what? We may apply our hearts to wisdom. Now, why not years? Why did that place say, teach us to number our years? It means you should focus on days. Because days are important. A day can change your life forever. So don't look, overlook any day that God gives you. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in Today can change your life forever. So, that was why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 34, Matthew chapter 6 verse 34, let's read that place, let's see what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 34. He said, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Take no thought of The day at hand is your day. The tomorrow is not yours yet. Hallelujah. So today is our own. Someone said today is my own. Yes, Paul said, you know, today is a day of salvation. Don't be pushing it. Don't be pushing your decision for Jesus against tomorrow, other days. Today is your day. He said, when you hear his voice today, harden not your heart. Today, a day is very important in your life, in my life. That's why he said, he talked about this. So let's break this, this hundred years into days and see. Let's break hundred years into days. If we break 100 years into days, we have 36,500 days. 36,500 days. That is, if you will live for 100 years, if at all. And let's convert it to hours. If we convert it to hours, then we get how much? 876,000 hours. But don't forget you that you don't know the day. So you cannot precisely say, this are my, let me calculate my own. You can calculate your own. You can only calculate the past. 
I once preached this message somewhere and I calculated my own. I sat down with calculator. You see these things, they are very, very important, my brother and my sister. I calculated my own. So you can only calculate the past. And you now only see the wasted hours, the wasted years, the wasted months and weeks. But there's nothing you can do about them because they are already... Let's, let's also um, see it in minutes. We have 52 million 560,000 minutes. So can, what is the time now? Then calculate how many minutes have been removed from your ears. See, if we think like this, we will not play with our lives. Hallelujah. That is why God hates laziness. Because anytime you fold your hands, instead of doing something for him, you are wasting the opportunities, the years, the time, the hours, and they are going. If I want thing with time, is this time eh, is mysterious. No matter what you do, time will keep going. No matter what you do, time will keep going. You can't go, if you go and hold the, if you stop your watch, that you don't want it, the other people's own will be moving. There's nothing you can do with time. If you go and stop the whole clocks, watches in the whole world, the moon, the, what do you call it? The sun continue to. There are some things there's nothing you can do about. Let's take also example of the lifespan of 90 years. We are going to break it down and you are going to see something there. Now, out of that 90 years, it's not all the 90 years you will use. For to do the work of God and for to do the purpose, to accomplish the purpose of God here on earth. Because you discover eight hours sleep daily, eh, is equal to 30 years of sleep in 90 years. 30 years of sleep. <laughs> so you'll be sleepy, sleeping for 30 years. And if you can three hours of cooking, eh? Somebody will say, but I eat in Mr. Biggs. But the time, Unko, you go there, you eat and all that. So time, three, you discover that 11 and one quarter years of cooking in 90 years. And three hours of recreation will also give you 11 and one quarter years in 90 years. Now, the three activities add up to make 52 and a half years. Meaning, the three activities.
activities which don't necessary in life are not contained in the purpose for one's creation. These have consumed 52 and a half years out of 90 years of lifespan. That was why Jesus taught us when he came by his commitment, sacrifice, what it means to stay and live out your life way. He taught us. The Bible said Jesus went about cities and villages and all over. Jesus will, 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 you will always see him doing one thing for the Father or the other. No wonder. He knew he had only three years. Even when he resurrected, he only spent 40 days. But he commissioned us and entrusted us with this tax that you must not be lazy. And you must not waste your life. Because your life is short. Hallelujah. The Lord will help us. Number four. Why must we number right? You will die on one unknown day. You will die on one unknown day. You will wake up. Eat as normal. Take your bath. Put your suit. Put your Italian shoes. Go and enter your limousine. Ha! And God will be watching you. And this my boy doesn't know that. He's coming home today. They'll be thinking of, you see, I still have to complete that building. You see, I have to do that project. You see, I still have to accomplish this. And the Baba will say heaven, ah. He will say, this is Teach us to number our days so that we may do what? Apply our heart to wisdom. I tell you something. I was touched. I felt God just was, I mean, I'm the first partaker of this message. Because I was really telling God, please, I'm sorry. Please, I want you to help me. You know, sometimes you think you have done something for God. Eh? You'll be busting, Abby. That was what Joshua did. And God told Joshua, you are now old. And yet, there are many lands to be taken. And I told you, I'm 45. And I changed my mentality immediately when I discovered I turned 45. Because I must hurry up. Even though I will still be alive, I may not be able to do again as the years go by what I'm able to do now. I remember when we were so 
you know, we can do anything for God. We can, you know, we can even run, do everything, climb it. But now, can I run as I used to run? Teach us to number our days so that we may be able to apply our hearts to wisdom. You are relevant here now just because you are alive. The day you fall down and die, you become irrelevant. All you can do, you can do now. Tomorrow is not in your hand. A living dog is better than a dead lion. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4. I told you that once somebody dies, it's gone. And people may not be interested in looking at their pictures. If fact, some people be afraid. So they are watching album, they come across. This what they used to do in my place. If you die, they write. Huh? Eh? Some people are from my place, yeah. Or oh, are they doing it here also? Okay. They write RIP. I asked them, who told them? Excuse me, who told you that? That is resting in peace. Hey. <laughs> Who told you that? I think we are assuming, eh? We are, uh, we, you cannot walk again. You can't walk again. Will it walk? That's all, sir. Ah! In my village, I used to tell them, you know, it's, it's a, it's an, uh, it's a, uh, an Islamic, Environment. So I used to tell them that when somebody dies, they go, they say, may God give him good road. They go, so one day, they made mistake. I was there, and then they say, Pastor is here, let's hear what he will say. I say, you made the greatest mistake in your life today. Hallelujah. My brethren, I want to tell you something. You have a great opportunity to utilize. You say on earth, you are like on the football field. After the whistle is blown for you, you cannot make any goal again. Just imagine the man just carried the ball. It's just about, and then the whistle just went. Bear. And he said, no. He said, my friend, you are wasting, you have wasted your energy. Hallelujah. We have to double off. I gave a testimony of my friend. I mean, my wife's friend. That was talking with her when she came in April. Say, I want to, I want to see you. I want to discuss something very, very important. She, she was having problem in her marriage. I want to discuss. I want us to meet. How can we meet? Say, no, I'm going back home very soon. May not meet, but I'm coming August. Say, okay, that's good. That's fine. When you come, please. I when you come, we we'll discuss. Yeah, she told me over there that her old friend. Uh, uh, second school friend called her. 
So she was preparing to meet her. Only to hear that when we got to Adamawa, we just heard that she was buried three days back. You see life? They may not even discuss again. Except if she, she has gone to heaven, Abby. You know we see ourselves in heaven. Oh, you don't know? Uh, from that scripture now, Jesus told us that that, uh, that man recognized uh, Lazarus. Not so. Uh, who recognized ourselves? That is why I'm preaching everywhere. I'm entering that, those villages. Because in, in heaven, I will have a very big mansion. Then my, I will also have some apartment for my children. So when they come to visit me, I say, so how are you now? Okay. You, you go and rest there. Because they too, they will have their own, but because I'm their father, they have to come and pay me. <laughs> Hallelujah. They have to come and pay me a visit. The Lord will help us. The Lord will help us and will not waste our lives in the name of Jesus. So now that the time is not over, what goals can you still make? Number five. The reason why we need to number our days arrived is there is a purpose for your creation. Just as it is with any manufacturer. God, your maker, made you for a purpose. Your fulfillment is contained in satisfying that that purpose of God for your creation. Hallelujah. There are enemies to numbering aright. There are enemies to numbering aright. And let's see them briefly. Number one, self. Self is an enemy to numbering aright. Making wrong choices. Making wrong choices. Your choices yesterday made made you what you are today. Careless living. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 17, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 17, it says, be very careful then how you live not, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Hallelujah. Enemy number two. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's John chapter 10 verse 10. Number three. Wrong companion. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33. Some people say, this person is so dear to me. Some of those friends are the ones that are misleading you. Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, what do you do? Because those people will not lead you aright. Number five, 
Ignorance is, is part of the enemies too. Ignorance is not knowing what you ought to know. Failure to know what you need to know about God, yourself, life, etc. can make your life wrongly spent and wasted. In Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed, destroyed for lack of knowledge. Number six, spiritual prostitution. Having other gods, honoring strange altars, allowing other things to take the place of God. Number seven, wrong marriage. And I said, don't say, well, thank God I've had what I wanted to hear at last. So I'm going to pack out. You know one thing? God can change the situation. Abby? The Bible said the unbelieving wife. Eh? Through the unbelieving wife, the children can be sanctified. Not so? And also the husband. And don't also say that, well, uh, does that mean I would marry him and convert him? Marry to convert, Abby? No. God can change. But I want you to know, I believe this, because one, one marriage, I mean, counselor was talking, he said, there are some marriages that there's nothing they can do other than to manage. Maybe you made a mistake. So the grace to manage. I should not pray that prayer. Somebody say, no, pray something better, Pastor. Yes, I've said it before. God can intervene, Abby. But the grace to manage also, God will release to you. Hallelujah. Please, before I close, I want us to look at the book of Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 6. Acts chapter 9. I love, please, you can underline um, this in your Bible. Very, very important. God gave me this revelation last year. Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 6, I read. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly that shine ran about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, So, so, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Have you ever asked God that question in your life? And the Lord said unto him, 
Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So there is what you must do in life. Tell your neighbor, there is that which you must do in life. It's not an option. No. You must. He said, Lord. You know, in other words, what Paul was saying. Ah. Now that you have overpowered me. What should I do now? Now that you have disarmed me. One man said um, in, in the village. He's now schooling at Ede from the village came this year, two of them. Well, that, this man really opted for, he, he wanted to kill himself. He wanted to commit suicide before he came for our program. And he gave his life to Christ. And when I visited him in his village, of course it's an interior. My own place is, is an interior, but that one's interior, interior. So, when I went there, the man told me that See, I was telling him about forgiveness. And he said, wait, pastor, I'm coming. I can see that God has sent you to me. But these things you are saying. So he went and carried charms from his house. These charms are, they are deadly, deadly charms. He brought them from Guinea to kill all his enemies. Don't worry, maybe one day he'll come. He's schooling now. He'll be in Nigeria for two years. So maybe one day he'll pay a visit here. And maybe come and testify. Hallelujah. So, he brought those things. He said, Pastor, I said, how do you use these things? He said, you just incant- make an incantation on it, point it to the direction of the person you want to kill. Even if he's in America. Just give him a day. He's gone. So, he, he threw that inside the toilet. Then, um, as he was escorting me, he said, now that you have come to disarm me. I said, what do you mean? I'm not the one that disarmed you. <laughs> Jesus disarmed you. That was what happened to Paul. And the man He's now in the school. Jesus had disarmed him. So he asked Jesus, what do you have me to do? Paul said, now that you have paralyzed me, I'm at your mercy. Now that my strength has been dealt with, except you give me your own strength. What do you want me to do? That man never asked that question in his life. And I said, I've not done the research, but I think it should be around 50 or like me, 45. I don't know. Or what do you say? Or 60? Eh? Paul. Because he had been in Judaism for long. But at this point, the, in the, the, I mean, for the first time in his life, he asked a question he never asked. May you never ask that question too, may, may you never be too late for you to ask that question. 
Lord, what do you want me? I told you it is good to have a spiritual, I mean, uh, uh, head on collusion with uh, your master. It is good. That is an accident. That is a very good accident. When you collide with the Lord, or when you collide with you, that's a very good accident. I like that type of accident. I had that accident before. And my life never remained the same. I was working in a company and, 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 you know, the Lord kept on telling me, you don't, look, you're supposed not to be here. And that voice be talking to you, you don't supposed to be here. I need you full time. I want, I will just wave it. Uh-uh. You don't supposed to be here. Some of us, we love money. The money has done tied us from doing the will of God. And then the thing continued. The day he collided with me, it was in the toilet. In the toilet. I say, as I move out of this place, my hands up, I'm going to resign. As I don't allow God to deal with you before you do that. And I came out. I went to the manager. I said, uh, sorry sir, I'm resigning. Ah, what happened? What are you, are you okay? My friends were asking me, there, there are no jobs now. Where can you get? I said, if, if I explain, you will not understand. Just leave me alone. You, there's no how I explain that you understand. What do you want me to do, Lord? And he said, arise, go into the city. You will be told what you must do. What you must do. Everybody say, what I must do. Father, show me. What I must do. Show me what I must do. Hallelujah. And this morning, I'm pleading with you, brethren. Because there are some of us here that in fact God has released His grace. You know that you are alive. Many are waiting for you. Many are crying and you are the one appointed to lose them. Many are in chains and you are the one appointed to, to, to lose them. But you are battling with God. Each time God comes like me, you try to say, what is disturbing me? I don't, you wave it away. But I tell you, this message, I don't have doubt that God really wants you to hear this. God wants you to hear this. You have to number your days aright. And today, I am sure Jesus is here. I am sure the heaven is at attention because something great is about to break in your life. The Lord God Almighty will have, at last, have a breakthrough in your life. I want you to think. I want you to think. Lord, ah, what must I do? Oh, you know already. I want please, you are not fit. You know already that where you are, what you are doing, you are not, you are really wasting your time. You know that you are wasting your time. 
You know, God continues, you know, to, you continue to speak to you, instruct you, you know, persuade you, but you are still battling, you are still fighting within. There is battle within. But I believe God has sent me to tell you that it is time. It is time to move. It is time. That thing that the Lord is instructing you to do and you have been battling with today at the altar of the Lord you surrender. You will lift your hand like a soldier man that is confronted and he surrenders. He throws away his arm. And today, the Lord will start anew. The Lord will start afresh with you. But before we make that call, I want to shortly ask if there is anybody here, let, let us close our eyes, if there is anybody here that you've never encountered Jesus. All we are saying, you know you are on the other side. Before you are able to number your deaths aright, you must be in Christ. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you are here and you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, please kindly raise your hand wherever you are. Because the grace of God is sufficient here. The Lord God Almighty has come to do something today in your life. So, are you there? You want to surrender your life so that your days, you begin to number them aright? Let me see your hand up. If you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, somebody wants to accept Jesus for the first time into his or her life. Okay. Thank God for that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Any other person? God bless you. You are starting afresh today with Jesus and your days will be numbered aright. If you are there, lift your hand. You want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You are welcome to the fold. Daddy, I thank you for the last of your children. Father, help them. Grant them that grace. As they surrender their last to you, they will live for you in the name of Jesus. They will never turn back. They will be instruments in your hands in the name of Jesus. Thank you for hearing me, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. I want to make this call now. You are there. And you know there are things you are battling with. In fact, you know what you are doing or where you are. You are not supposed to be there. Or you are not supposed to do what you are doing. And you know quite sure. Today is a day the Lord has made. The Lord has made this day for you. Kindly raise your hand up and we are going to pray together. So say, what do you want me to do, Lord? Lift up your hand where you are. We're going to pray together. The Lord, I believe, has sent me to you. There are things the Lord is telling you. But you, you know, you are confused. And as a matter of fact, there are some of us, it's, it's even many, many, many years. You have been battling with that same thing. Today, you will lay them on the altar of the Lord. Wherever you are, please kindly step to the altar because it's at the altar we drop these things. It's on the, at the altar, at the foot of Christ. Just kindly come to the altar, please. We are going to pray together. You, when you come, you just kneel down and tell Jesus, 
I have come. Like the prodigal son, I have come back home, Lord. Please, Daddy, I surrender to you. Lift up your two hands. In absolute surrender to the Lord. You are telling him that, ah, I have no weapon in my hands again. Daddy, I'm at your mercy. I want you now. What, what should I do? What should I do, Lord? That which you want me to do, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to take that bold step. I'm ready, oh God, to take that step to please you. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Teach us to number our days. I believe that had happened to me one day and today God has helped me. God helped me to take that step. Even our pastor, Pastor Femi, Pastor Femi Monain, I believe also there was a day that it happened to him like this. And he had to abandon all things. And the Lord is happy. And now today, the Lord is using him to bless lives. You are taking a step today. Lift up those hands. Tell him, see my hands. You can see that nothing is in my hands now, Lord. You can see that now I'm ready. You can see now, Lord, that I'm crying my heart, I'm saying. You cannot step in. You cannot see that I'm helpless. I need your help. You cannot see that I'm weak. I need your strength. Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Ah, Daddy. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Lift up those hands. Our Father and our Lord. Our Redeemer. The only wise God. Merciful. Faithful. Gracious. Daddy. Your children are before you. And they are telling you today. That Lord. Look at us. Look at me. You can see. That I'm no longer holding any strength, any weapon. You can see that I'm out for you. They are telling you, Lord, we have come as the prodigal son. And we are now looking to you. What would you have us do? Daddy, as you have done for Saul, do it today for them in the name of Jesus. Beginning from today, they, their lives will never remain the same. Their numbering will begin. That fruitful numbering of their days, oh my father. That they will begin to cause joy to flow 
in your heart. They will, they will make heaven to rejoice. There will be blessings to, 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 to their own generation. Daddy, all they need to release to them now. As they live here, let them walk directly straight into your will in the name of Jesus. Any devil that will come now after they leave, that will begin to confuse them again. Are you sure? Are you sure? Let your angels deal with such forces. Give your angels in to be to encamp around them all the days of their lives in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor. I seal them with the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying.